Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Judy Jasek. Doesn't let friends feed kibble now, do you, Dr. Jasek? No way. I tell them, <laughs> don't do anything else. Stop feeding the kibble. There's no, so, and there's no good ones. There's not any good ones. You know, I get that question all the time, and I'm like, I can't help you on that. And they're like, well... What if I travel and what if I take them to the daycare and what if I, I what if I do all, I've well, I don't, I don't take my dogs to the daycare, but, um, but you travel a lot. You travel a lot. lot. With dogs. Yeah. And, and you know, actually for me, when I put my dogs, uh, meals together for traveling, it is way easier. Why? I don't have to measure it out when I go. I don't have to take my scale when I go. I have my little baggies. They're in the cooler. Then we're staying in hotels or places that are going to have at least a refrigerator, mm-hmm. right? And um, and then I take those baggies. I can put them in warm water. They warm up very nicely and you open up the baggie and drop it in the bowl. It's super duper easy. Yeah. Yeah, I traveled. Well, you know, we did a road trip, you know, a couple of road trips to Tennessee before we moved out here. And then I guess run road trip out here before we moved out here. Um, but we had done some um, traveling around Colorado and I have my little old dog that I just didn't really want to leave him with anybody. So I took him with and say, now he's little. So, you know, have to, the food doesn't take up as much room in the cooler, but it was really Pretty simple. Probably the biggest thing I ran into with him is he's sometimes like, yeah, I'm not the mood to eat right now. Well, can we do it later? <laughs> he's 16 and a half. He's got his own schedule sometimes. But um, but it, but transporting the food was not a problem. I did what you say. I just kind of, you know, mix stuff up and 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 put it in a container and stick it in the cooler. And it really was not a problem at all. Yeah. Super easy, super easy. Um, you know, we we talk about cancer a lot, Dr. JC, because why? Because you're a can you that's what you specialize in, right? Yeah. There are so many different cancer problems that are happening, but I found this very interesting. I don't know if you saw this um in the Epoch Times. And this just came out and it said repeated. COVID-19 vaccinations weaken the immune system, potentially making people susceptible to life-threatening conditions such as cancer. And this is according to a new study. Now, I get it that that is a COVID-19 vaccination with um, mRNA technology. But, you know, when you're looking at this and it says the possible problems is the weakened immune system is brought about by repeated vaccinations that could lead to serious problems, including cancer, okay? And you've got to wonder if all of the cancers that we're seeing um, are coming from 
vaccinations. And for some reason, we're just not making that connection as pet parents because I hear it every day. I have to give the vaccination and then they give you various reasons why. And the question would be, all right, um, if your health professional is not helping you to understand that the possibility is certainly there, um, maybe you want to do some research and uh, maybe you don't want to give your dog a vaccine. What do you have to say about this? Yeah, well, there's no question in my mind that it, vaccines contribute to cancer. I mean, I've seen so many new cancer diagnoses show up within, it isn't like it shows up the next day. It could be several months later, but I would say within three months of a round of vaccines, I've seen that so much. Matter of fact, one of our admin assistants after she'd been working with us for a while said, you know, I'm starting to see this trend that lots of our new cancer patients have just had a bunch of vaccines. <laughs> like she's noticed it just because she does the intake and looking, you know, she's getting records and everything. So there's, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that that is a, you know, definitely a contributing factor. I saw so sad um, or talked to a, a client that had a 10 month old dog that would, had been diagnosed with an oral tumor, 10 months. What mm. else is going to make, so what happens the first year of life? They get a bazillion vaccines. So how, what else is going to make a 10 month old dog that sick? Unless there was some like big chemical exposure or something like that. I know it's the vaccines and and I'm seeing um, cancer in younger and younger and younger patients and some like pretty aggressive lymphomas and different things in dogs under five years of age. I mean, 10 years ago, cancer was, a, oh, your dogs, you know, it's going up. I used to hear the statistic cancer is going up in dogs over 10 years of age. Well, that's not the case anymore. I mean, we do see it in older dogs, but it's we're seeing it in younger and younger dogs. But at the same time, I'm getting all these ads for the new and improved vaccines and new ultra this and ultra that and including mRNA technology being used in pets. And I don't think the companies are disclosing what they're doing. They're coming out, it's new and improved. And so they go into the vet clinic, say, look, we got this new vaccine, new new and improved. And the vets just start using it. They don't even know what's what's in there. They're not, they're not asking for um you know, information about what's different. And I bet even if they did, the pharmaceutical rep isn't even going to know. They're just giving their scripted marketing spiel. But I I feel with like everything in my being that these vaccines are killing our pets through the creation of these diseases. I mean, it's just, it's just so sad. And I I know that's a big contributing factor. And they're mandated. Like I have that conversation with people all the time. It's hard for people to get into clinics, but I, I still also feel strongly people need to take the stance. There is no have to, it's a choice. And if the clinic is requiring it, then go someplace else or go in there and say, look, I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do this, this vaccine. And what authority do you have to enforce this? And maybe you got to get way outside your comfort zone. But, um, you know, I talk to people 
that go in and you can vary nicely. You don't have to be belligerent. belligerent. You're just going to set people off, but just go in and say, look, this is the deal. You want me to come in here? I'm not going to do these vaccines. Do you insist on this? I'm going someplace else. You know, and I, and I, you know, especially if a pet is sick, I talk to people that have pets with cancer and they're like, I, the vet is, keeps telling me that if I don't get the shot, I can't come in anymore. And I'm like, well, they shouldn't be doing that. I, I'd find someplace else, or I would start to, you know, push back on that. Ask that vet, well, what, what are you going to say if this tumor blows up, you know, within a week of giving that vaccine? I, I still think that if people pushed back more, that this would become less of a problem. There are no, there are no have tos. Whenever I hear that, I'm just like, no, there's no have tos. It's it's a choice. Well, it is a choice. I was speaking with someone the other day, and they they were talking about you know the rabies, and they said, well, our dog goes to daycare every week, and he has to have rabies, and he goes to daycare one day a week. I'm sorry. Um, for me, they wouldn't be going to daycare. Right. Right. It's just not, it's not worth it to me. Now it may be worth it to um, some other pet parents, obviously, but I think that if you understand the risk, right, you understand the risk and what is going to happen if you continue to vaccinate, then, you know, at least you can rest easy. Right. But, um, but there's, again, we're just seeing so many different cancers. I got this question and they said, you know, my, my um, Labradoodle rescue uh, who is 12, he now has anal cancer. And uh, what, what is the best food to feed him? Right. What's the best food to feed a dog with anal cancer? Now, you know, cancers, they just come out in all different places. Is there anything specific that would cause anal cancer, let's say over mouth cancer? You know, I, I, I always look at cancer as some sort of toxic exposure. And so I see, we see a lot of anal gland carcinomas. I see a lot of it. And I think, I think when you take the whole vaccine issue, which I think that disrupts the normal immune system. So the immune system, the body is just so out of balance that it can't eliminate like abnormal cells or it can't fix things that get affected. Now, one of the things that I think a big contributing factor is toxicity. And I think these oral tumors that we see probably is due to chemicals like glyphosate and things like that. So for something like anal cancer, well, dogs go out there and they sit in the grass and they scoop their butts on the grass and then they lick their butts. So, you know, they're getting a lot of exposure to, to chemicals just from being out, it, you know, if they're out in an area, lots of people take their dogs to sports parks and, you know, finely groomed parks, finely groomed parks don't grow naturally. There's a bunch of chemicals on there. So that dog's sitting on there. What do they do? They go out, they sit, they roll around, they scoop their butt on the ground. I mean, yeah, they're getting a, a direct, I think they get direct environmental exposure. And then the vaccines just mess up their body's ability to get rid of those toxins and get those toxins out. And then, you know, we end up with cancer. Yeah. You know, when it comes to tumors, Dr. Jasek, would you say that a tumor is doing its job? It's walling off the garbage uh, from the rest of the body or how would you explain tumors? 
Yeah, I think it's a it's like a Hail Mary pass for the body. The body is like so toxic and so distressed and and it it just can't you know like I was saying before it can't deal with things in the normal natural route as far as detoxifying and getting and and getting toxins out the normal healing mechanisms in the body are so disrupted but the body's got these toxins so what can it do well it can wall it off into a tumor but then the cells become you know different and start to grow and proliferate the cells don't um, have normal uh, mechanisms for stopping growth there's a you know, a term called apoptosis, which is normal cell death. Normal healthy cell will live to so long, it'll die and another cell will replace it. A lot of uh, tumor cells don't have that. So they can just kind of grow out of control and grow unchecked. So, but I, I, I do think that I, you know, it's even lipomas. I was talking to a client, I think just yesterday and her dog just popping up with all these lipomas and just like, like 10 or 12 of them showed up and I was asking her about what's going on. Cause I always think toxicity, the, a lot of toxins will stay in the fat, in the fat layer. And when my lipomas really start popping up, I always think there's toxicity. It's either diet or vaccines or something. And she said, she said, you know, we found mold in our house. And she said, I got really sick. And I, I think we should, we done the mold mitigation, but it was around the time we figured out that we had mold in our house that she started getting all those, these lipomas. Well, what is that? The dog is walling off these, you know, mycotoxins, which are the toxins from the mold and trying to keep it instead of letting it go all over the body, it's keeping it in in one spot and you know that's why i always say the tumor is just the tip of the iceberg it's the it's the red flag the body saying hey we are in trouble here we gotta really do something we are so unhealthy that our only way of dealing with toxins is to wall them off and do this and if this doesn't get fixed man you know we're not going to make it it's like a it's a final like i said a hail mary pass what i think so let's say that you have a dog that has tumor, has a tumor, like a tumor in the liver, got a tumor in the kidney, you got a, you know, wherever these things pop up. Um, is the is there a possibility if you really were super dedicated to detoxing the dog's body, taking all of the toxins out of it? When it gets to that point where it has a tumor, is there any hope? that that can turn around? You know, I've, I've seen it happen. I have seen tumors go away, but it doesn't happen very often. I think it depends on what's been leading up to that. You know, if this liver tumor shows up after the dog has been poisoned with a poor diet and it's over-vaccinated, it's been getting flea and tick every month, all these pharmaceuticals and, oh, and the vaccines gave it itchy skin. So then it was on Apoquil and antibiotics. I mean, this is the type of cancer patient I see. So that body has been being poisoned for years. Are you just going to turn that around? Um, You can, but you got a lot of stuff to, you know, to, to work through that body. And I, I think sometimes the body can be permanently damaged from, things like vaccines that we can't 
restore that optimal health after years and years and years of being poisoned. You know, um, I know people that humans that have had chemotherapy and they're never the same afterwards. They have chronic health conditions. They're something's always like kind of not right. Their, their health is always very, very fragile. Well, all that chemo is out of their body and they've gone back and, you know, a lot of times their, their cancer is gone, but they have all these side effects. So like their bodies can never heal. And I think that happens with the, um, you know, with, with some of the, the vaccines and some of these other chemicals, I think that's what my personal opinion, quote unquote, long COVID is, is, um, for the people that have it, that have had the shot that it's vaccine injury. Mm. You know, there's so many things. There's an article in Dogs Naturally, uh, and you've done a lot of doctor's rounds for and with Dogs Naturally. One of their articles that they have, and we've talked about this before, but I think it's uh, good to mention it again, 65 ways, 65 ways, and this is just, you know, and they probably stopped at 65, they probably could find more, but that vaccinations can harm a dog. Now, Dr. Jacek, if I heard that there's just one way that it could harm my dog, I wouldn't do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but 65, 65 ways. And in this article, they do say exactly what you said. Damage can be immediate or months later. And this is the problem that we have with everything, whether it's drinking or smoking or eating, you don't know that it's doing damage until you're sick, right? Or that mm -hmm. you've got a lump or you've got a bump or you can't get out of bed. Uh, just because we can't see it or feel it at the time doesn't mean that damage isn't being done. And sometimes I hear this in the arguments for kibble, or I see that because They've gone in and and had the rabies and the dog doesn't have something that they can tell, right, mm -hmm. right away. Then they then they don't see that these toxins are very dangerous to the body. But there can be so many different things um, from these rabies shots, like um, puritis, which is the one that we talk about all the time, itching, right? Mm -hmm. um, alopecia. Hair loss, we see this in a, in a lot of dogs too. Um, diarrhea, hypersensitivity, hypersensitivity, um, uh, ataxia, which is you know a loss of balance, lameness. Um, they can become very hyper after these shots. Rabies mayism, what you and I talk about, uh, where dogs just is sort of like neurologically they're not the same anymore. Um, you know they have this sudden. Um, behavior change, aggression, fear, anxiety. Um, they can have uh, immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, uh, hemolytic anemia. I'm not a doctor. I Easy for say. you to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's just, and if you look at the pictures, I mean, they're just horrible, right? Uh, there's these returning cancer uh, pictures at the site of the rabies vaccination. There are so many different cancers, um, mast cell cancers, hermangiosarcomas, osteosarcomas, lymphomas, um, benign tumors like lymphomas and warts and growths, all of those type of things. And yet nobody's really asking, why does my dog have this? How, how is it that they have this? Right. Right. They're just said, oh, that just happens. You know, it's just nothing, nothing to worry about, you know, just 
just keep an eye on it. But, but I always ask the question, well, this isn't the body's natural state. So what is going on here? And why, why are these things showing up? And yeah, okay. So dog can have warts all over their body, but is it a huge medical concern? No, but it's telling us something's out of balance in that dog's body. And if we're seeing warts, it's just like, like pomas. If we're seeing a bunch of like pomas pop up and we recognize that this could be due to toxicity, what's next? And that's what I said to this client I had talked to, like, okay, you're lucky these are still all lipomas. Now, if we got it, that's the time we really need to jump in and help this dog, help support this dog's body, help it to detox, get it on, you know, good nutrition and stop poisoning the body so that it doesn't turn into something more. They're lucky, but not, that isn't the case with a lot of cancer patients. Usually I see them and they already have some aggressive form of cancer. And I'll tell you what else I'm seeing. And this has been just in the last, few weeks, uncontrollable seizures. And I mean, dogs that are on three or four anticonvulsants and still seizing multiple times a week, never seen it before. And it's really scary, really scary. Typical seizuring dog. I mean, I usually, I have a contact, a client contact me about a seizuring dog, maybe once every, I don't know, couple, two, three months or something like that. See a handful of them a year. It wasn't like a super common thing that I would work with, but it was pretty treatable. You know, we, you know, correct the nutrition and stop poisoning the body and we do CBD and we do herbs and, you know, in the majority of cases we could manage it pretty well. These dogs are coming in. They can't be controlled even with the conventional convulsants. Cause then, you know, you, you can, if they're controlled with the conventional convulsants, you do the holistic care and then you can start to wean them off the meds. These dogs, I can't even get them off the meds. Then they're zombies. Cause they're you know, they're, they're out of the dogs on that many drugs. They're not living a good quality of life. They're like stumbling around literally to keep them from seizing. And then the drugs aren't even keeping them from seizing. That's what people tell me. Like, I want to get my dog off these drugs because it's supposed to stop them from having seizures and they aren't working. And my dog's a zombie and stumbling around. Like that's got to be some really serious toxicity that these dogs are being exposed to and it's becoming harder and harder to treat them. I think that's, what's really distressful. Like I, I used to be able to help seizuring patients. I, I bet in the last, I don't know, three weeks, I probably, I'm probably getting a couple, probably two or three new seizure cases a week in the last month. Like all of a sudden, where are all these seizures? And sometimes like my name shows up in a, Facebook group or something like it might've showed up for someplace for seizuring pets, but still never seen this severity of seizures. So what's going on? So when you say I have to do this really, like I have to do a vaccine, I have to do the flea and tick because I found a flea. Um, you know, you really, you're going to risk seizures, cancer, all of this stuff. Um, I, I agree with you. Like I just, I wouldn't do it. You know, people that get vaccines because they want to travel with their pet, put them in the car. Like, don't take your pet on the airplane. You, you want to move to a different country? Well, you're going to put your pet's life at risk to do that because you're not going to be able to do that without rabies shot. I mean, they make your choices, but there's no have to. <laughs> you know, it's still a choice. Right. And, you know, I think, again, the... um 
the connotation is if I don't get my dog a rabies shot and he bites somebody, then my dog's going to be, you know, put down. That doesn't happen. <laughs> it really doesn't happen. Number one, make sure your dog doesn't bite somebody, right? Let's do proper training and let's, you know, make sure that we are responsible pet parents. But even in that situation, uh, and uh, man, I, I feel for these pet parents if that happens and then they have to take them in knowing, right? Let's say that now they're mandated or they're quarantined or whatever they're going to do. They're not going to kill your dog. Now, they're probably, I don't know, would they do this, Dr. Jasek? Would they say, all right, we're going to quarantine this dog because we got to make sure he doesn't have rabies. Now, he has no symptoms, but you know, he's asymptomatic. We've heard that. Where have you heard this before? Asymptomatic and he could <laughs> cause um, rabies. Asymptomatic know. shedding, you mean? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. That? Yeah. And uh, so we got to make sure that this dog, you know, and we're going to quarantine him. Would they actually themselves, before they hand the dog back over to the parent, shoot him up with a vaccine, a rabies shot? The cases like that that I've run into, and it's not been very many. I did have one a couple months ago. Unfortunately, the dog bit the uh, Amazon delivery guy. So the bite got reported and the dog had not had a current rabies shot. So I do believe she, the dog had to do a quarantine. She was required to get a rabies shot for her dog um, to, and show proof to animal control. I mean, I think they said you need to do this. And go in and get the rabies shot. And then they give her a certain amount of time to do it. And then I don't think they just take the dog and do it without your knowledge. But they would say, okay, you have to show us proof of a rabies shot within 10 days or whatever they say. And then the dog has to be quarantined and, and all of that. Or they might do the quarantine first. But they usually are going to require the, the shot. So that, you know, that does get sticky. But again, that's you know, pet parent responsibility. This was a German shepherd. You have a German shepherd, they're protective. You have to mm -hmm. train them on what's appropriate. I mean, Didi, I've been up to your house, go in there, your, your dog's, you know, or at least Lazi's protection train. She didn't, get, she didn't, like, she knew I was friendly, you know, she didn't care. You know, I've been to other people's houses that have shepherds that are, you know, um, protection trained, very, very well trained. And they, they know how to behave. They know what appropriate behavior. So if you're going to have a dog like that, that's very protective, um, they, they have to be trained, invest in the training, you know, it, take, take some responsibility because those dogs don't necessarily bite. They know the difference, but if somebody does come up and threaten you, you know, they might take that person out, but that's what they're supposed to do. Then they do, they, they do know the difference. And, you know, if, if you don't want to train a dog like that, then get a golden retriever. <laughs> Like, don't take on that responsibility, but especially if you're not going to do the, the rabies vaccine, yeah, there will be repercussions if you have a big dog and they bite somebody and that person goes to the hospital and that bite gets reported. But I have also never, ever, ever heard, I mean, I've heard the stories, but I have never personally run into a case where a dog has been taken and euthanized for like a situation like this. I have seen some clients that opt to get their dogs euthanized. Very, very sad and very tragic because these are otherwise healthy dogs, but say the dog bites, you know, one of the kids in the house or they toddlers and dog bites a kid in the face. And, you know, they, they just don't want that, you know, um, they just don't want to have to 
they deal with that, deal with that responsibility. Um, though that sort of thing can also be a consequence of the, of the rape shot. I've seen dogs become more aggressive and have behavioral changes after um, after the shot. But I have never seen authorities take a dog away from somebody and euthanize them. I'm sure if it was a, a like a dog kills somebody, right? They probably would do that. But I'm talking about, you know, kid reaches for the dog's, you know, food dish or pulls his ears while he's eating or something and the dog snaps, you know, that's to some degree normal dog behavior and they're, they're not going to take your dog and kill it. Cause I've heard people tell me that, well, I've heard that if I don't get a rabies, I think this is one of the things the vets say, if I don't have a, a rabies shot and my dog bites somebody, they just euthanize them. I've never seen that happen. So I don't believe that's true unless, like I said, say the dog killed somebody. So our trainer um, with Lazi, he's been a trainer for probably 47 years now. And he has a program where if this dog, uh, it's a it's a three strikes and you're out, right? So three strikes, this dog has three strikes against it. Boom, boom, boom. Bitten, three strikes. He has a program that he will take them through the program and evaluate them um, and see if they are able to come back out without biting if they're able to be trained. If not, they get put down. Oh, snap. snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.